Hi, this is Ann Cavera with another episode of Speeding Past 80. This week's story is called The Table in the Coffee Shop. Last week we began our Lenten journey. For those who may not know, as Catholics, we treat the few weeks before Easter as a time to deepen our spiritual lives. We're nearing the end of our first week of Lent, and I'm thinking about what it's like to live in a desert. You see, years ago, one of our sons lived in Phoenix, and from time to time, we went out there to visit. Large cities like Phoenix and Tucson ran together in the middle of the desert. It seemed like an alien landscape to our Midwest sensibilities. During rush hour, we watched thousands of cars crawling along in a carbon exhaust haze. In spite of the fact that we felt as if we'd been plopped down on another planet, Here were hundreds of thousands of people living what they thought of as normal lives in the middle of this hot, dry desert. Well, each of us has our own version of normal. For instance, Francis had a dozen children, more than 30 grandchildren, and 40 great-grandchildren. She was very old. For her, a normal, happy Sunday meant having as many of her family as possible come to her house for dinner. She never gave all that cooking a second thought. Some of us make weekly trips to a doctor for yet another pill for an illness so persistent we have accepted it as a normal part of our lives. One way or another, most of us live like the people in the desert cities. We struggle to continue living in our own peculiar brand of normal. I thought about all of this Saturday a week ago. Jim and I had shopped for groceries and made a quick trip to the library. For our last stop, we entered the back door of our favorite coffee shop. Who would have guessed it would have been packed on a Saturday afternoon? A group of gamers' laptops open occupied the long center table. Seven college-age kids were playing Uno at a table in the far corner. Small round tables, square tables, and every table in between was occupied except for one small table next to the center aisle. We grabbed it. I left Jim sitting at the table and soon returned with our apple fritters, a hot chocolate for him, and hot tea for me. Now, the story I'm about to tell you is true, but I've changed many, many of the details. As we began to tear our apple fritters apart, I couldn't help but notice the people at the small round table next to us. At this table is an elderly gentleman. Across from him sits a middle-aged woman. She's scrolling rapidly through her phone. Sitting between the gentleman and the woman is a young woman of about 17 or 18. The young woman has severe physical and perhaps mental challenges. This young woman is carefully sorting little silver shapes into several small clear containers. The elderly gentleman sips his coffee slowly, carefully. Now and then the woman stops her scrolling to make a brief, tense phone call. The young woman keeps sorting small squares, triangles, and circles. She's absorbed in her task. These three people sit there for several minutes, speaking not a word to one another. I wonder what the connection is between these people. I imagine the man must be the grandfather. Perhaps the older woman is likely his daughter, And maybe the young woman is his granddaughter. I wonder if this is a weekly outing for them. 
Is this the grandfather's treat? Is he hoping to make a connection with his daughter and granddaughter? I have a sense of sadness about them. Satisfied with my assessment of them, I sip my tea. Suddenly, the older woman reaches out and swipes at the young woman's carefully arranged containers. The only reaction from the young woman is to bury her face in her hands. The older woman leans forward and hisses, Don't cry! Don't cry! Don't cry! The grandfather stands and leaves, returning a few minutes later. He gently places a couple of dollar bills and change next to the young woman's elbow. A sort of peace offering, I suppose. The older woman stands to leave, and the older gentleman and young woman follow. You see, here's the problem. I really had no idea who they were, how they were connected. I wondered if the older woman also spent nights year after year comforting the girl. Did the man have regrets for years gone by for the way he parented his daughter? Did he hope to make up for those now by spending time with her and with his granddaughter? You know, I was pretty smug sitting there judging the people at the next table. I think to myself about all the people living in private deserts stretching way beyond these few weeks before Easter. Lent is about letting go of all the things that stifle our spiritual life. But here at our little coffee shop table, I've spent the past ten minutes judging three people about whom I know nothing. What if I replace judgment with compassion? Compassion for mothers who cry over shattered hopes for their children. Compassion for the elderly who long to make up for mistakes far in the past. Compassion for children with struggles who cannot seem to make parents happy. All of a sudden it dawned on me, I haven't said a word to Jim. Here he is quietly finishing his food and drink. We live in our own desert, walking across the sands of Alzheimer's. Anyone here who happened to look at our table would think there sit two old people with not a word to talk about. Perhaps the first thing most of us good Christians should let go of in Lent is judgment. Letting go of judgment does make room for compassion. With prayer, fasting, almsgiving, we begin to see people around us. It's a time to walk together, sharing our burdens. What if we come back to the coffee shop next week and I don't look around making up sad stories about other people I don't know? What if I bring some old photos next week and share them here with Jim? He'd probably remember those photos and smile. Maybe people around us would join us. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Speeding Past 80. We'll be right back here next week.